0: Hi there, friends. This is episode four of season two of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. So glad you've decided to listen in today. My name is Matt Bruff. I'm a pastor and an author and the host of this show. And today we are continuing to look at the spiritual practice of The Examine. Um, season two is all about this particular prayer practice. And uh, today what I'm going to be doing is uh, featuring... Part of an interview that I did with Dana Trent. Dana's been on this show before, and um, we actually talked for uh, about an hour. But I'm finding that um, a lot of the podcasts, I think it's maybe a little bit better when it's shorter. And um, and our conversation, we covered an awful lot of ground. So I've decided to split it into two parts. So I'm just going to release the, the first part of this interview with Dana today, and that will be what today's podcast will focus on. Uh, and a lot of this conversation ends up being about praying the examine in times of difficulty or darkness. And uh, Dana is really great on this. Uh, and we talk about a few different things that uh, that have been going on. We recorded this during the season of Lent, and I know it's now post-Easter uh, when this is coming out. Um, so there's a bit of a, a Lenten kind of feel to this, and uh, mostly it was focusing on this examine during the season of Lent. Um. But uh, we talk about a couple of things. One is a book by Jim Manny, uh, which I've mentioned before, called A Simple Life-Changing Prayer. And um, that'll get featured in this episode and also the next one uh, as we wrap up this season on The Examine. And uh, the other thing we talk a little bit about is, um, and this just becomes clear, is I had an opportunity to gather with a few people from my congregation to talk about uh, The Examine and uh, just our experience with it. It was a super rich conversation with a small group of people, and um, and that really uh, was helpful in thinking through some of the issues that might might come up as you pray through this prayer practice or how it might be helpful for your spiritual life. So that comes up in the conversation as well. So we're just going to now turn to that interview, and I know there's a ton to learn here, and I hope this conversation Uh, blesses you and also just helps you um, in your own spiritual practice in your life thanks for listening today today on the podcast i have dana trent uh back on this is your third time on my podcast and uh, so you are you're like winning the I guess you're winning something. I don't know. Um,
1: (laughs) I love it. Thank you. The frequent flyer, we'll call
0: it. (laughs) I'm so thankful that you're, uh, that you're joining me again. And um, uh, yeah, no one else has been on three times. And uh, so this is, uh, this is good. You're breaking ground. And, uh, we're in now a new season. So like those whole first 70 episodes of <laughs> spirituality for ordinary people was season one. And now we're doing season two, which is all about the examine. And it's just going to be about five or six episodes long. Um, and, uh, some of it has just been my personal reflections. Uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine that, uh, that we put out and, uh, and now I wanted to talk to someone who's An expert. So you're my expert. Um, And, uh, and so maybe you can tell or remind people sort of what you what you do in your in your life and, uh, and some of the books that you've, uh, that you've written as well.
1: I will. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on again. It's an honor to be on and, and to break new ground as you're, as to be on for the third time. I'm very honored. And um, I really appreciate congratulations on season two, by the way. I mean, that's really exciting as well. And I'm coming to this practice, the examines practice specifically from a, both an academic and spirituality point of view. And if you hear the cat meowing in the background, that is just that that is also my life. Um, yeah, so I'm a. You <laughs> Thank you. Thank, I'm the cat lady. It's the American quintessential cat lady.
0: Okay. <laughs> and
1: so um, I am a professor of world religions for North Carolina's largest community college, where I have about 180 students, and we examine various religious traditions and spiritual traditions from. An academic framework but I also write books on spiritual practice and I've written a book on multi-faith dialogue Sabbath practice Christian meditation and now my fourth book which is coming out in September is about preparing for death while savoring life so what is the spiritual preparation we need to do as we approach the end of life and so Examine has played a huge role in in my work, both as an academic and as a minister, a writer, a teacher, and just a person living in everyday life. I know we're going to touch on that as well, about what are the benefits of this practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you are also an ordained pastor as well, which you left I, off of your yeah. list. of things. You're
1: right. Yeah. I did. I'm ordained in the Baptist tradition. Yeah. And, um, I have never been a parish pra- pastor. I've served in many capacities within a church, but most of my work has happened outside the church walls in nonprofit settings. And then of course in higher ed.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Um, and I know you've, uh, you said you've listened to the, to the few episodes that I've put out, uh, so far on this. So you've kind of heard some of my reflections and, uh, so I would maybe just like to start there. Like what did what did you hear? What have you already heard on this podcast that stuck out to you that you thought maybe we want to come back to or revisit or or you might think about it in maybe a slightly different way or something like that? Um, so we'll just start there. Like what are your thoughts on what you've heard already?
1: The first three episodes were wonderful. It was a great refresher for me on Examine the history of examine, but also the different ways in which people look at examine, there's a million and one ways to do examine. And I love that you incorporated it into everyday life, just a real like 2019 and beyond focus. Mm -hmm. And I I jotted down notes as I was listening because it was just very exciting for me about your highlight reel of the day. Like that really popped out for me because examine for me is synonymous with noticing and having a highlight reel at the end of the day this idea you were talking about literally a movie you know in your mind's eye of what happened in the day and i loved how you talked about the things that didn't make it in the highlight reel right so social media and tv but also what did make it in in the reel which was maybe places where you felt short and where you were looking into the future as an Enneagram three. And I, I definitely right. understand this. I'm, I'm a two with the with three wing, but just this constant um, reminder of the highlight reel, staying present in it, right? Like what happened today and not trying to run too fast for the future. So that was something that really struck out for me. I just stuck out among um, the episodes. And also you and your guest, I think her name was Jen, right? She works in parish with you. She was lovely Mm -hmm. and she was focusing on, or she talked also about the highlight reel and how about As you're doing Examine, it's so easy to start with those to-dos, right? To let the mind wander and not have the accountability and what I would also call the humility too, but to just want to rush through it in order to get to the to-dos or what's going on in our minds. And so those two things, the highlight reel and also really trying to stay present in order to not run to the future and into the Mm to-dos really struck me as beneficial, those episodes. So, thank you.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, one of the things that came out um, in a conversation that I've had with a couple of people from our congregation um, mm-hmm. was that, like, what happens or how do we deal with when we're reviewing the day and it's not, it's not a highlight,
1: right? Um,
0: like the and 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 maybe even like every day, it's mm-hmm. just actually raising anxiety and stress to kind of review what was a difficult day already, and every day is maybe hard. Okay. Um, and and then not only are you seeing, like, these are the difficult circumstances of the day, but also there's part of the examine is sort of face your shortcomings, and then those are just glaring. So okay. it just becomes um, draining to, to pray the examine. Um, and so I, that hadn't been my experience, but just hearing someone raise that as... Um, you know, the asking God for light or asking God for grace at the beginning was fine. Giving thanks generally for the day was fine. But just as they started reviewing, it was like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to leave behind, you know, work or the stress and just focus on like the bits that are, that are good. But, but when I review the day, like a lot of it is just not good. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So how how
0: would you advise someone to deal with, with that?
1: The examine framework that I use is a four step and it's it's so I notice God's presence I have gratitude for God's presence. I look at the growth which is this third step that we're talking about and then hope for tomorrow. And what I'm learning about in the growth aspect, which is are these when we have these seasons, I'll call them seasons of darkness. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a lot of Barbara Brown Taylor right now. I'm kind of I'm I'm in this this Barbara Brown Taylor phase of my life and I'm reading again learning to walk in the dark. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea right that the darkness even though we have so many Things that we associate with darkness or shortcomings or our failings as not good, right? Like things that we don't want to happen and we want to get them out of the the reel for the day. But, but the reality is that it's, that is ripe for mining and mining for what's going on, what feelings are happening, what's occurring in our life, where is their hurt? Where is their grief? Where is their darkness? And sitting with that. In so many ways, I mean, going along with your theme for this season, it feels very Lenten, right? Yeah. It feels very wilderness. It feels like making the walk towards um, towards the cross of being in Holy Week, of being in that land, that vast wasteland, where it just all feels hopeless. And I think one of the things that has helped me most is journaling for that third step. So really writing down those moments or feelings of darkness. And I find that doing that helps me process them and also helps me see the ways in which um, I shift my prayers. I remember hearing you say that too in the previous episodes of how our prayers shift. And so um, having that accountability each day helps me see where I've been and where I'm going, but also see the seasons that are perfectly natural in the spiritual life. But often, again, like we want to rush to the future. We want to rush to the light, right? Mm -hmm. We want to rush to the good stuff. So sitting with the darkness is hard, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in there.
0: Sure, sure. I I thought, I think as well, like um, I mentioned to you this before we were on air, this uh, we've been looking at, uh, a simple life-changing prayer, the book by Jim Manny mm-hmm. and um, and he brings up that Ignatius, who's who's sort of the the founder of the examine in a way, um, that Ignatius really focused on our feelings as during the review mm-hmm. um, and uh, talked about consolation and desolation um, and sort of these are sort of two broad, categories of feelings so it's not just you have a feeling of one or the other but they're broad categories of our feelings um and that uh that there's gonna obviously be both of those things happening in the spiritual life in life in general Mm -hmm. and so what does it mean to actually pray through um how we feel about the day rather than like that's quite different than what i was doing like i know the highlight reel i think is a good thing and Mm -hmm. it's almost like for me, maybe it's a starting place for like, how do I actually engage in this prayer? It's almost like a, an act of remembering. Cause I often start the prayer where when i get to the part of reviewing the day. I I'm usually praying it in the morning. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, what, like, what did I, <laughs> what did I do yesterday? Like Definitely. what actually did happen yesterday? So mm-hmm. I, I've got to start like replaying it like a movie to try to mm-hmm. remember, okay, well, you know, okay. Yeah. I had breakfast and I was with my daughter and my wife and Um, And then what happened, like trying to replay it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it might actually be helpful to kind of think about, you know, what, what was the feeling going in or what was the mood of that? Particularly if I think someone who's struggling with, um, as they're reviewing their day, it's, it's all desolation. Right. Um, Well, then you can start to explore like, well, why is that? you know, and what's, what's really going on there Um, rather than focusing on the actual events and trying to think, you know, this just keeps happening every day. These, these events, that's very external to ourselves as opposed to allowing God into, into how we're feeling or how we're interacting with those events. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something there, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure quite what it is yet. Like I'm still just kind of processing that to try to think, think about that. And I haven't really necessarily tried myself to really engage with well how did I feel yesterday exactly Um, as those things are going on but I don't know if you have experience with that kind of sitting with those feelings of consolation or desolation
1: I do I do very much so um so my mother died a year and a half ago, and the the fourth book that comes out in September is about this very thing about wrestling with her death and dealing with the grief afterward. and And I remember I had about a year of of those feelings, and I also had this book going on, One Breath at a Time, the Christian's Guide to a Skeptic's Guide to Christian Meditation, where I was doing the examine every day and noticing these feelings. And what I found with with it was that the more I sat with it, it, it was hard, it was hard, but there were so many, there were many, many lessons and it actually had made me go deeper in my spirituality because much like when things are going well, right? And this is just me, I'll, I'll put this out there. When things are going well, I have a tendency to like not check in with God, right? Like God, you're doing a great job. I've got all these blessings. Everything's going great. But when things are going not so great, I have a tendency to yearn for God. And that speaks to my spiritual immaturity, certainly. But I think that it also is a way in which I am in much closer touch with myself and with God in those seasons of darkness. And what's really going on, not to say that suffering is a blessing, but rather to say that human suffering happens to all of us. Mm. And the bigger questions are in there. It's in it's in the suffering, and the wise lessons are in there. But but we can't learn them unless we sit with them, right? And like you said, really thinking about the feeling that's associated with the reflection of the day. And you know, and if you think about Ignatius's story, right? I mean, I I haven't read, done a ton of reading on it, Ignatius, but I remember that he had this horrible injury, and he was what bedridden for at least a year. And this is when he wrote the spiritual exercises, which I think ultimately led to the exam. Mm-hmm. but Ignatius didn't exactly have a, you know, happy, clappy no.
0: <laughs> spiritual
1: experience. No. And if you think about our great spiritual leaders, if you think about St. Teresa of Calcutta, you know, we're just now learning about her diaries and inner reflections of how hard it was for her and how much doubt she had. And thinking about the spiritual richness that she brought to the world, I mean, that for me is compelling, that there, there's a lot in those times of, of what we might call darkness. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I think uh, some people might not know about uh, Ignatius as well, is that um, he... He has a whole like a model for for discernment and and making decisions, right? There's a sort of a nation model for doing that. And in some ways that's also built into the exam. And the exam kind of gives like this this short piece of like a whole bunch of different kinds of prayer Mm -hmm. all in one practice in a way, right? So you've got Thanksgiving and you've got... I find that like this, this got brought up with our group discussion the other night as well at church was that I can easily slip into prayers of supplication when I'm reviewing my day, because I'm remembering people who are in need of prayer. So it sort of leads toward that. It, uh, there's this face your shortcomings. There's a prayer of confession in there. And then there's the hope for the day to come, which is in a lot of ways, a discernment prayer, but well, what, where are you leading me? God, like, what do you want me to do? Right. Um, uh, and, um, but part of his story as well is that uh, there was there was a moment where there was this big decision that was to be made about um, around what does the vow of poverty mean for his order. And, um, and is that going to mean just you know completely giving up everything? Or is, it, is there some other way to, to understand this? And I, I can't remember which way he ended up going, but he, but he spent a long time in discernment doing this. And then finally, kind of came to a decision. And, and it was his decision to make for the order. Mm-hmm. Um, made the decision and then wrote later about how afterwards he was plagued with, oh, did I make the wrong decision? Wow and i thought this is so true of mm. of how we live right so we'll try to figure things out or we might wait and wait and we don't know how what what we should do or what we shouldn't do um often it doesn't feel like we're choosing between good and bad it feels like we're choosing between 16 goods um and uh and so you know and and even ignatius was was, you know, who developed these practices had the same issue that once the decision was made, he was just, you know, constantly praying to God, oh, did I do completely the wrong thing? And I don't, I'm so uncertain and I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And sort of taking that, uh, taking that to God over and over again. And I feel like that fifth step of looking into the day or uh, what I think was called sort of a hopeful resolution for the day ahead um it, it can be easy to feel like, oh, well, I looked to the to the day ahead and well that didn't work out. <laughs> like it doesn't. Um, but I think I think Ignatius was was dealing with that as well. Like I think we all do. Oh, um, absolutely. And I think that's related as well to days not being good or going through a time of uh darkness or suffering. Um, that it's then it's not just about, oh, I don't want to review the day. It might also feel like it's really hard to see how I can pray for tomorrow.
1: Right. Where's where's the hope? Where is the where where's the light at the end of the tunnel? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially if you're dealing with with big life events, transitions, aging, grief. Um, yeah, that, that can be really big because it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Yeah. I do think it's, it's important and I think it's normal. And I love the way you said that you gathered a group of folks, you know, from the church, it sounds like, met and, and talked about examine, because that I think is where we can also find consolation is doing the practice individually, but also mm. bringing it together in community sure. such that we are, are noticing oh, my goodness, okay, I'm not completely by myself this sounds familiar to someone else. So even though my circumstance is unique and I'm noticing what's going on in my time of, of wilderness, this person has a similar feeling and experience and it, it's normalizing. So I think that's the benefit of what, of what you were talking about a minute ago of doing it in community too. That can help with that glimmer of hope of looking towards tomorrow. And that of course is part of why we are called as Christians to live in community as well. Um, so that we're not doing these practices only in isolation. We're not examining scriptures only in isolation, but there's also the the community aspect too.
0: I think so. We also had a a couple, a married couple, who are who are doing this together. Actually, when we put the uh, the bulletin out, kind of the little piece of paper explaining the exam, and that we're going to encourage people to do this, they they shared. Um, they were already doing it. They'd uh, not necessarily the examen, but they were. They hadn't named it. They didn't know like. And very faithful people and they've been praying. Um, they kind of sort of resolved to, to pray together as a couple from uh, just after Christmas. And this is a couple like in their like they're retired and um, mm-hmm. you know, been faithful Christians their most of their lives. And, um, and so, you know, it kind of part, part of me was surprised. I'm like, are the kind of people that I thought you would already be praying together all the time?
1: Right. Right.
0: So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, they, uh but it was interesting that they were saying that they had been when they looked at the the five steps um, they said well we were already covering those five we weren't necessarily doing it in that order exactly that way and uh but when this came out we thought well maybe god's trying to tell us something that we're on we're on the right track here track. Um, but they also talked about holding one another accountable even to do the practice mm-hmm. and that they're finding that helpful that sometimes one of them is sort of down and not really feeling like it and the other one will say well you know it's 10 o'clock and this is the time that we agreed that we were gonna Mm -hmm. that we were gonna pray so let's do it um so I think Um, that's it's kind of it's kind of nice to have that accountability
1: it is it really is it does it it helps us it's a good framework both for individual spiritual practice and the communal practice as well and I love that that they were doing it intuitively which sort of of the spirit, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. Great, yeah. It is. And I, of course, Ignatius was onto this too. Like we, we naturally can go through these steps and right. these steps naturally put us in a posture of moving, you know, back toward God to recalibrating our center, but also having gratitude, looking for growth, praying for others, and then looking to tomorrow and in both as an individual and for accountability. Mm-hmm. So it's great. It really is.
0: Sorry, a little thing that uh, that Manny brings up in his book is he he makes a point of saying uh, it's not as though Ignatius invented
1: the yes. examen. Like, well said.
0: You know, he came up with this. Like he he described a framework mm-hmm. for ways, like a way that we can have a daily practice that really does like puts a framework around how Christians have been praying since the beginning, right? Like that's. Right it's not that he invented it. It's that he described something um, that was already a moving in the water kind of thing. Um, So I, I I appreciated that because I think sometimes there, sometimes there can be a bit of resistance to like, Oh, I don't know a spiritual practice. You know, Protestants are really good at this as well, especially when it's like, Oh, it sounds kind of Catholic-y, you know, we're suspicious. Um, But, uh, but I don't know, like I, I think, when I look at what the, what's going on in the exam and it seems like these are pretty basic things that I, I feel like I've already learned, but I'm not necessarily, like for lack of a better word, I'm not packaging it in, <laughs> in the same way and to have a framework for it, whether I do it in the same order all the time or, you know, everybody's going to adapt to what's helpful for them. Um, so I don't think being strict about the order is, is, is that important. But having a set time, having a a framework for it, I think is is really, really helpful as a way of kind of moving through a particular prayer practice.
1: Agreed, agreed. The structure, there's creativity within the structure. And so the way that we set it up in the Christian meditation book was that there's a little section for examine at the very end of each meditation practice. So in a way, it can serve as both your, your day examine, and it serves as the examine for that particular piece of the day that is your practice. And so, I agree yeah. that it's nice just to have the framework, even if you jump around and do different steps at different time or skip a step. Just the structure um, is very useful.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, one of the suggestions I, I heard as well that was um, that I thought was useful was um, that if this is if some of this is really new to you, like this, I think the idea of praying through your day and kind of reviewing your day it might be new uh, for many people. Um, but hanging out in the giving thanks section actually can be really good if the whole thing is, is new. Um, because I think we know, like we know how to give thanks, but we're not always that practiced in giving thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, that could just be my bias cause I'm not, that's not my natural, that's not my natural posture is to be thankful. Um, <laughs> so no, I found that a useful comment to say, maybe that's a good place to start to, to grow in our Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. And, and I think, you know, you are Enneagram three, I'm an Enneagram two with a three wing. And so you and I are always looking towards the future, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for us to stay in the moment in order to be grateful for what is here now and just hold it. And this is why for everyone, All of these gratitude journals, right, in the secular world, the non-Christian world are so popular because it's our our entire culture, our world is forward thinking. And so to be in the moment and be grateful, you know, the five minute journal I'm sure you've heard of is all centered around gratitude. So I agree. If you're just beginning this practice, that growth, I mean, the gratitude step before you get to the growth and the hope is really is essential. Mm -hmm.
0: Thanks for listening today. That was just part one of a conversation with Dana Trent, who will come back again with part two of this conversation to wrap up this season of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast as we've been focusing on the examine. As always, you can head over to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com And uh, you can find show notes, which for some shows are extensive and others are a little sparse. Um, But also uh, you can find links there and some resources there as well. I really do recommend going and checking out Dana's books. And um, so you'll find a link to her website and and how to connect with her um, on the website there. Um, and also uh, Jim Manny's book, A Simple Life Changing Prayer, which focuses around the examine. Uh, I do commend that to you as well. If you want to help support this podcast that you're listening to, uh, a really great way to do that is to leave a review on iTunes. So if you're able to do that, that uh, I would appreciate that so much. Also, I love hearing feedback from people who are listening. So if you've been listening to the podcast and uh, you want to let me know how you're doing with your own uh, practice um, could be around the exam or other things then yeah reach out to me send me an email uh, head over to the website uh, connect with me through Instagram I'm on there I would really love to hear from you Um, so I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode today and I hope you tune in for the next one until then take care